Hi, everybody. It's good old JR Jim Ross, a member of multiple halls of fame and the voice of AEW Wrestling. And you're listening to Bad Medicine Podcast, and you're going to like it. That's not what I heard. Well, we did. We got Jester. We no, did. no. Below the hard deck does not count. Hard deck my ass. We nailed that son of a bitch. Ah, you guys really are cowboys. What's your problem, Kazansky? You're everyone's problem. That's because every time you go up in the air, you're unsafe. I don't like you because you're dangerous. That's right. Nice, man. I am dangerous. Maverick, you and Goose get your butts out of that flight gear and up to Viper's office now. Remember, boys, no points for second place. You're a lot brighter than you look. Oh, you shut up, okay? Don't worry. Okay, well, okay, don't worry. Ladies and gentlemen, we are coming to you live from the Ford F-150 Raptor, BF Goodwrench, All-Terrain TA, Jim Beam Kentucky Bourbon-sponsored studios from the 13th floor on the shores of the nation's largest freshwater lake overlooking the beautiful scenic Fox Valley of Wisconsin. Ladies and gentlemen, there's only one, and you're listening to the Bad Medicine Podcast. Is he? Oh. I do believe we have our uh, caller. Which Go is, ahead, caller. Which is weird since this is not a call-in show. Shut up, stupid. You're ruining it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have our special correspondent in the field. You know him as the Appleton Oak. The man of a thousand poses. And this is fresh off the San Diego Comic-Con. To give you a little heads up, he is Mr. David Bay. What's going on, gentlemen? How's it going, bud? It's a uh, beautiful Tuesday afternoon here in uh, A-Town, I'm glad to, hear, glad to hear you made it back safe from the Comic-Con. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, was, I wasn't out there. I would have loved to have gone out there. They uh, they did some big shit out there this year, gentlemen. Big, big shit. Yes, uh, and that's why we have you on, because if anyone is an expert... In Top Gun and Tom Cruise, it's you. So we needed to hear your comments first before you blasted it fully on social media. You, you, you probably could have just left it as, as an expert in Top Gun. You didn't have to also say an expert in Tom Cruise. That's not a little... Hey, you gave us you know, the analysis a, for the An expert in Top Gun sounds cool. Oh, he's a Tom Cruise expert. No, he's, he's, cl- weird. he's clearly I, an expert in Patrick Swayze. Everybody knows that's, that. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, not, that's not weird at all, though. No, no that's Patrick totally normal. Don't, awesome. don't, worry, don't worry, Dave. I can always go and edit that out. No, but, no, leave it. Leave it. Don't you won't. dare. He won't. he won't. So, Dave, fire it off, man. What are your thoughts? Because that trailer right. was just awesome. Uh, you know, uh, the, the Top Gun trailer in one word is epic and I tell you what there's certain movies 
that you just don't mess with, you don't remake, you don't do anything with, you don't make sequels. And a handful of years ago, we started hearing this buzz about a Top Gun remake. Now, if I remember correctly, the original idea was a remake, much like they remade Red Dawn, Ugh. although... Although the remake of Red Dawn, I will say, if you have to replace Patrick Swayze's character with somebody, Chris Hemsworth is about as cool as they can get. So I, I was okay with Red Dawn just Agreed. because they used Thor, you know? <laughs> but, you know, they remade Footloose, which I haven't even watched yet because I, I just have issues with that. You Don't know, so do it. They remake all these 80s movies, and when I heard at least, you know, buzz of a remake of Top Gun, I was I was pretty furious, and it's just like you know what? There's, there's nobody that's going to play that role like Tom Cruise did. You can't you can't remake nostalgia. You can make a new movie for a new generation, but you can't remake nostalgia or remake nostalgia. And so when I when I heard you know more recently that they were going with a it's still going to be Maverick, it's still going to be Tom Cruise just 30 years later, you know, then I'm like, okay, that's better. But, you know, there's always the danger of sequels just kind of flopping. Yep. And the trailer came out, and, you know, granted you only get a glimpse of what the movie's going to be about, but it looks about as perfect as a sequel could be from, you know, from, from the short clips we got in the trailer. Um, you know, they do a good job of explaining, hey, he's kind of a dying breed, which we all know is the case with fighter pilots, being that we're in the drone era. Um, you know, kind of explaining why he's still there but not promoted, you know, because yep. he was basically just stayed true to Maverick all those years. Um, Ed Harris, by the way, one of my favorite actors of all time, the fact that they brought Ed Harris in, uh, I thought is fantastic. You know, I like the, the, remake, as well. the remake of the, the volleyball scene, but although if I, if I remember correctly, the clip showed him playing football. football. So. Yep. We'll yeah, see. but a bunch of a young strapping gentlemen with their shirts off, you know, playing <laughs> out in the hot Miramar weather. I mean, you know, I uh, I was uh, I don't know anybody who had anything negative to say about that trailer. I really think they did a good job of of keeping true to uh, you know the, the the desires of the original Top Gun fans and and not trying to re remake it rather. And it, it didn't it didn't feel cheesy or forced. It just felt like a really badass follow up to what Maverick's been up to the last you know thirty years. Well, and I think the technology that they have. To make movies, I think the um, the dog fights that they're certainly going to have, and just any kind of the airplane action is just going to be insane. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously you didn't have to CGI a whole lot of stuff in the original one because it was just a lot of fighter pilot stuff. You know, I mean, so they were, you know, they were you know using real navy planes and you know aircraft carriers and all sorts of stuff. But obviously, with today's technology, uh, the, the from a visual standpoint, the movie itself is going to be, uh, you know, next level. Um, I'm a big audio person, and I got to imagine with the audio they have in the theaters these days, um, this new movie is just going to be absolutely fantastic in that um, they're going to do some in incredible things from that standpoint. Um, the, the, opening, the opening scene of that trailer was phenomenal. You know, he's, he's going... God knows how fast it looked like about ten <laughs> feet off off the desert uh, or the sand flats it looked like yep uh, the salt flats rather um, and then just does that breaking move where it goes straight vertical I saw that at uh, 
a pilot do that at EAA, uh, ironically EAA is this week, a few years ago with an F-22 where he was going just flat and just, I mean, just a snap of a finger, just vertical, and it was incredible. And so that opening scene, having actually seen a maneuver like that in person, uh, to me was, I don't know, it's incredible. I am as excited as a grown man should be about any movie, period, <laughs> ever. Well, you should be because that trailer was just. I've watched it thirty times with the sound on, with my sound bar, just full blast. <laughs> Do we know? Yeah, if- you know. And then, of course, the top the Top Gun theme. You know, you have theme songs from movies, whether it be an actual song from a band that they use as a theme song. You know, "In Your Eyes" by Peter Gabriel for "Say Anything," and there's so many theme songs that that movies have. Um, but the Top Gun theme music is about as iconic as you're ever going to have from a movie. And they played it a little bit slower and a little bit more dramatic. And it just, I mean, it really, it really just took you back to a different time. God, I'm sounding like an old guy now. No, uh, I, I 100% agree it, with it, that. It really did. And, and I have, you know, my, my stepbrother's, uh, you know, in, in his 50s and, and he's in the Navy and stuff. And he was super excited. My stepdad's an old Navy guy who spent time on an aircraft carrier. He's all excited about it. You know, and, and, and I don't know how it's going to resonate with the um, with the younger crowd, but I think with the fighter jets and stuff like that, just visually and from an action standpoint, it's probably going to do well. But I, I can't imagine anybody who's ever even seen the original isn't going to go to the theaters to watch this movie. This is not a, This is not a movie you wait to come out on DVD. This isn't a movie you wait to stream on Amazon Prime. This is something you get out and you go to the theaters to seven to 50 times. Absolutely. (laughs) And you just say, shut up and take my money and let me see it in IMAX. Yep. Yeah. The the, the question uh, I think that's weighing heavily on everybody's mind is who is Tom Cruise's love interest going to be? Now, I do recall him riding on his motorcycle. I don't think, you know, there's, there were some pictures that came out, and there was a second trailer that came out. It wasn't the official Top Gun trailer uh, or on the official Top Gun YouTube page, but it was somebody else's YouTube page, and they showed a younger brunette on the back of his bike. Yeah. And obviously in the first Top Gun, the cool thing was he was the younger guy with the older instructor. Now, you know, I don't know that they're going to show him with an older woman anymore. <laughs> that would really be all that cool, <laughs> given his age. Yeah, he's in his late 50s or however old he is, so I don't think you can have him with somebody 15 or 20 years older. I mean, I guess you could. Um, be a little weird, but whatever. I don't judge. Yeah, he might um, need the sidecar for the motorcycle, maybe. <laughs> hey, same and motorcycle, cool, yeah, new another, girl. Another cool thing is they show him taking the tarp off the old motorcycle, yep. but when they show him on the strip, he's on a new crotch rocket. So yeah, we'll see. Maybe uh, he's just rebuilding it or something, hanging on to it. Yeah, still chasing the planes. I mean, so there's uh, again, there's so much nostalgia. Um, I like how they addressed, you know, at the end where Ed Harris was like, you know, you're a dying breed, and you know, and uh, ex- you know, you're gonna you're gonna be soon extinct. And he says, yeah, maybe, but not today. Um, and again, that references. I think that references the fact that yeah, you're not gonna have a, a, as many fighter pilots actually operating the planes with drone technology anymore, but uh, it just seems like they really put a lot of thought into it. The people who did it knew that uh, like, this is one of the most iconic movies of all time. You know, if you, I mean, I, so I, you know, I went to high school from 94 to 98, right? You know, so Top Game Gun came out in the 80s. I mean, it came out before I was a teenager, before you're dating and before, you know, all that stuff. Yep. 
But I, I recall very specifically that at least when, when I was in high school, it was the most rented movie of all time. <laughs> so more, more, more people went to Blockbuster and said they need Top Gun. And look, if you were if you were a teenager in the 80s or the 90s or even today, and you're watching Top Gun, so if there's any young guys out there listening, just heed some advice from an old guy. Hopefully my girlfriend doesn't listen to this. Whatever. Heed <laughs> um, some advice from an old guy. If you have yourself a date and you're looking to maybe take things, you know, a little past first or second base, consensually, of course, here in 2019, <laughs> uh, I don't want to catch yourself in a me too, no means no, so please make sure it's consensual, but it's really probably not even going to be an issue. And, and what I'm getting to is if, if you're a <laughs> single guy or whoever on a date, if you're not rounding third base, <laughs> halfway, halfway through, if you're not rounding third base halfway through take my breath away that scene you're, you're never getting laid in your entire life <laughs> never okay? it's, it's just not meant to be oh it's not thank you, <laughs> thank you. Home. it's not meant to be so all i'm saying okay is maybe do a little research find out how far into the movie this is because here's the thing you you, you don't want to try to make your move too early in the movie and then get shut down and then you're done for the rest of the movie uh, right 25 minutes yeah. you don't want to do that so you, guys listen if you're having a little problem closing the deal you know maybe <laughs> even this might even be a get out of the friend zone but i would hate for you to get shut down and put back in the friend zone during top gun because that's just tragic <laughs> anyhow just just wait until, you know, they wait until they're in the classroom. He's talking about how you don't have time to think. You just react. She says it's an awfully, awfully costly bet with a $30 million plane. That's when you need to start, you know, getting things ready, okay? <laughs> this is when things are going to happen. Start putting All the right? armor around her. Yep, getting the primer. Yeah, so you can't, I mean, you really can't talk about the original Top Gun without talking about that sex scene, because, I mean, really, that, 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 that scene alone created a lot of green lights for a lot of young men for a lot of years, okay? Well, well Dave, you got to remember, in today's age, if they're not doing it over Snapchat, they probably don't got a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, Times have changed, Dave. Yeah, times have changed. You know, it's not, you know, now you're, everybody's movie. sending dirty text messages, and you pretty much know whether you're going to get somewhere before the date even starts. But look, if there's any question, <laughs> I'm telling you, go with, go with top, go with Top Gun. You know, you Take really, you, you, if there's any chance that anything's going to happen, Top Gun is your go-to. I promise you. And take me now, or lose me forever. Take me to bed or lose me forever. There Show me the go. way home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. Well, we'll let you go because you're a busy man. We know you got a lot of stuff on your plate. Did I? Did I go over? But look, you guys, you guys knew very well going into this call. All right, that if we were going to talk top gun, I was going to talk entirely too much. We could do an entire show. Just all we would have to do is from the start to say, David, top gun. <laughs> Go. Boom. Two-hour show. Okay. Two-hour show. No problem. Dave, which, this is what's happening right here, right? So we're using this as a teaser because obviously we're going to have you back on because you're a high ratings draw. And people love, love you on our podcast. So guess what, folks? This is a teaser to Dave Bay's return of Strictly Top Gun. And probably some other 80s, but strictly Top Gun. Bay part two and yeah, half. yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys, uh, this, these are good times. And I got I got a lot of things I need to say. 
and it's, I feel like I feel like this is a real it's a real good uh, it's a real good avenue for me. This so is a perfect avenue better, for you. You better you better get you better get used to it. So I think we Love all it. we all work well together. We you know uh, here on the thirteenth floor uh, of the BF Goodrich Jack Daniels Building. Uh, <laughs> it's Jim Beam, but that's all right. We'll work on it. You, the radio, you get your flow. sorry, the radio all terrain. I I don't want to I don't want to leave out. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, Dave. I'll, I'll be bug. I'll be buzzing your phone here soon, so we can get some dates on the calendar sooner than later. So good time. Yeah, hey, lock it in. Lock it in. We, we got shit to talk about. <laughs> well, hey, Done. Because you can be our wingman anytime. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Bullshit. You can be mine. <laughs> I think I heard him bite his teeth, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> He's dangerous. Dangerous. <laughs> that's where. That's where. That's where you gotta. That's that's where you were supposed to say. And he's out. Right there. All right. Hold on. Bullshit. You can be mine. Boom. I, if I had a mic, I'd fucking drop it right now. But I'm on my cell phone. There's no. There's no real cool way to to bail out from a cell phone other than throw it. And it's a new iPhone. I don't want it to break. Yeah. So don't do that. And he's out. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. That was the man, the Appleton Oak. The man of a thousand poses, the top gun expert himself, Mr. Dave Bay. And now we go from one Dave to this Dave to another Dave. So take it away, Mason Quinn. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to guest number two. That's right. You thought we only had one? We've got two. I'd queue up Hogan if I could right now. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we are bringing to you for the second time the one and only it, for my money, the best promoter in the Midwest, hands down, Mr. Dave Hero. Well, that was very sweet of you. Let me just say, thank you very much. <laughs> I, no, I now feel validated. So, <laughs> as you should. Day. As you should. Well, thanks for coming on, Mr. Hero. We appreciate your Absolutely. time, as always. Uh, before, Of course, we're going to talk wrestling, but you know, there's some other subjects that we love to kind of get out there a little bit, just so it's not always wrestling drowning here. But uh, one thing that Andrew, Quinn, and I were kind of talking about uh, recently in the production meeting meeting, Mm -hmm. uh, recently was like favorite entertainers outside of wrestling. So like Quinn and I, we'd always shoot videos back and forth of Elvis during his live (laughs) events, and they're fantastic. They are. He is way more entertaining than what people probably want to give him that you typically see yeah just in the middle of the songs he would stop and just do something so random that would make you pop (laughs) so i would say elvis is one of my favorites oh i mean yeah 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 you absolutely have to put elvis up there frank sinatra you know any of those guys from that that pack era where you know they were all fantastic yep and of course Um, uh uh, the answer here, and I just watched uh, Eddie Murphy Delirious. That's probably the hundredth time I've seen it, but it, it just—it was such a standard in stand-up comedy that the fact that it's still basically a roadmap for how to do stand-up comedy even today is just incredible. And the jokes still hold up; everything holds up, just fantastic. Except for that one where he's like, "Hey, who here has cable?" Because, you know, it's 2019. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing is when you talk about the, the entertainers and the stars of yesteryear as opposed to today, back then, yesteryear, they all wanted careers. Yep. You know, and the fame came later. Now it seems like today's entertainers got famous off of a gimmick, a YouTube video, a meme, or a gif, whatever they call them. 
or a podcast. And they, they, and they really had no aspirations of being an entertainer. Then they're just, you know, kind of thrown um, into it. thrust under the spotlight. I mean, we'll never have the Eddie Murphys, the Frank Sinatras, the Elvis Presleys of this generation going forward just because they'll never sustain that long. No, I think the product is just too fast. Well, and it's, it's easier to get discovered nowadays. I mean, back then you had hit all the clubs everywhere to be able to, to get noticed to start putting butts in seats. Whereas now, yeah, you make one stupid YouTube video and it'll get a million views. Yeah. I, I get a kick out of it because like, you know, for me, I'm kind of a news junkie and, you know, I, I, I watch a lot of the news feeds, you know, with the AP and uh, other breaking news sources on Twitter. And it blows my mind when it says Instagram model or YouTube star. Yeah. Like, like, how is that really even a thing? You know what I mean? It's just like, good God. You know, and, and, and I'll click on their profile, and they have millions of followers. And yeah. I'm thinking, how? How is this even possible? But it is. And, you know, God bless them. They're making money doing it. And, it, it just blows my mind that, you know, so many people today are famous, you know, and they've it, obviously done something right, but it's for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah, and it just makes you wonder, you know, how, what's, I mean, I guess when you look at it, somebody had to, if you will, get lucky and, and you know, hit those couple of million followers, but it's like when mm-hmm. you look at them, you know, you might compare somebody who's got 10 followers to somebody who's got a million and like, you know, I'm not seeing a real uh, big difference here. You know, it's like just the luck of the draw. Just one's getting paid for yeah. all those posts and the yeah. other gets shit on. Well, you, you, Dave and you guys, you're, you're bringing up some good points here. And I kind of want to steal a little bit from Chris Hardwick and Jericho's pot. And when they did a podcast just recently, they were talking about nostalgia for like us. Uh-huh. You know, it's probably like the Rolling Stones, Bon Jovi, Eddie Murphy, Top, top Gun, right? What is going to be right. 20 years from now with how heavy, you know, with all this entertainment that's out there through Instagram, Facebook, and whatever else, right? What do you think, in, what do you think would be nostalgia 20, 30 years from now? The Avengers movies. Ah, you know what I mean? I, I mean, if you look at Hollywood right now, there's been nothing original in forever everything has been a remake you know and um the avengers have made so much and, and there's just so many bits and pieces of, of the avengers but other than that i mean it's going to be those youtube stars and instagram models and and and, and just the real fly-by-night thing yeah i mean, and I, mean I, I i don't see anybody in entertainment today and and what i mean today in the last let's say even say 10 years that is like of that Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt type actor, you know? I mean, yeah, um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, he I'm might sure, be the absolutely. last, you but know. He's been around for a while. Yeah, you know he what has. I mean? so, but th- he there's no one to replace those guys coming up yep. right now. agree with you 100%. And I think, um, you know, in addition to, like, the Avengers movies, I don't think you're going to see nostalgia from, you know, just one film the way you might have had. Like, for me, I always talk about it, whether it was First Blood or the original Red Dawn or the original Mad Max or Road Warrior. Like, those are mm-hmm. iconic films to me that I still watch at least once a month, maybe. I'm right maniac but i think now it's going to be game of thrones walking dead breaking bad stuff you know series that people were able to get into and invest i mean some people invested eight years of their life in game of thrones um you know for me it was like two weeks i burned through it because uh, <laughs> you had right. zero life right <laughs> but yeah so you i know. think yeah to your point it's gonna have to be 
those things that made a bigger impact, like the Avengers. I mean, over the course of what? When did the first Iron Man come out? 2008. Eight. Yeah. So you're talking, you know, 11 years. And it's still still expanding, still going on yeah. more. They just completed yep. the third phase. They're about to yep. start the fourth. Another Thor, another Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep, so it's so going to be so forth. It's going to be interesting. I mean, like right now for me, a nostalgic movie, and it's not even that old, is like Major League. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like whenever that's on, I'll always stop and watch it. Yep. You know. By the way, it's on Prime. Or, yeah. <laughs> or or. Oh. Oh. Someone went through a tunnel, folks. We'll give it a minute here. Did you hang up on our guest? No, Dave. Dave, Dave you there? Oh, no, no, no. oh yeah, okay. Hey, 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 we're totally he keeping made it that out of in. The tunnel, folks. All right. <laughs> it wasn't a one-way tunnel. Joey, I'm gonna fire you if that happens again. <laughs> uh, to to pick up from where you left off, you were talking about Major, Major League. League. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's you know, movies like Major League and Die Hard, even like Coming to America. Oh, you know, ah. just something like that, where you know, it 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 it, 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 it was a funny haha or. You know, you know, it was the the first of its kind. You know, yeah, back I, then, and I just don't see anything coming out today that is gonna, you know, sustain. I mean, maybe Fast and the Furious movies or something that The Rock is in right now. now you're 20, talking thirty years from now, <laughs> movie, you know, like the like the Tooth Fairy or something like yeah. that. But Game I player. mean, uh, yeah, I just don't see it. Yep. No, I'm I'm with you a hundred percent, and. Uh, We'll just have to see what comes out. You know, I think the other problem too, just real quick, we'll wrap up this topic and then and then move on. But uh, you know, the other thing too is I've seen a lot of great movies, and they're not coming from Hollywood. I know uh, uh, Diamond Dave here is all worried about Robert uh, Pattinson being the next Batman. <laughs> I knew and you're going to work. And it I'm in. telling you, I'm like Dave. If you <laughs> on Netflix, just watch the movie Rover. Okay, it's an Australian movie. Uh, you know, it was low budget, but it's so well done. And after you watch that, you will have no worries of him playing Batman. The, all the Twilight stuff will be washed out of your brain, and they'll be like, "This guy is a legit actor." I'm telling. There's a lot of stuff out there that I think we're just not exposed to. You know, we're just not exposed to a lot of stuff. So I, I think there's good films out there, but I think the studios are just going for the money because they can't afford to have another clunker like uh, what was the Johnny Depp movie he made, The Lone Ranger or something like that where they put all this right, money into right. it and it just bombs or John Carter. You know, or I'll be honest, I'm not that worried about Robert Pattinson. I mean, I was when, when they first cast Henry Cavill as Superman, I'm thinking, who is this guy, you know? Yeah. And then when they uh, casted... Uh, um, the girl for Wonder Woman, oh, I was yep, against that, that, and she was fantastic. Yep. You know, I mean, Robert Pattinson, unfortunately for him, he's been pigeonholed with the old Twilight gimmick. Yep. It's but, f- I mean, you know, um, uh, even Ben Affleck, everyone groaned when he was Bruce Wayne, Batman. I thought he was I thought fantastic. He was solid. I thought he was great. He know? comes off as so, that perfect, rich, arrogant prick was, by just looking at him. Yeah, no it's Val not a real Kilmer. stretch for uh, Ben <laughs> Affleck to pull that off. <laughs> he was no Val Kilmer. Get over yourself. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, or George. I, mean, I, I, I just hope that DC gets their stuff together because they are so far behind Marvel right now. Oh, light I mean, years. They've rebooted so many times, and for me as a DC guy, it's, it's heartbreaking because when you have the most iconic superheroes of all time, Superman and Batman. And you're blowing it. You can say X-Men, you can say Avengers, but at the end of the day, everyone knows Superman and Batman, and they can't can't seem to get that rolling. That's just bad. It's it's amazing that 
all the money that has been spent and wasted. That's what I love about Quinn on our last podcast was like, how many times are they going to reboot Spider-Man? It's like been three times, or is Batman, this is what, number 19? That they're yeah. on the 19th yeah. Batman is uh, Batman? <laughs> but you know what, though? I, I saw an article that Spider-Man is one of the most, is the most profitable superheroes in the history of superhero comics. Yeah, well, then they're going to keep cracking That's interesting. them out, you know? You know? Well, and Tom Holland, I will say, is a really good super, uh, Superman, Spider-Man. <laughs> See, look, at, look at that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's been great. Did you see any of the, Toby just to, to stay on the uh, the comic book stuff here for just a minute, and just because I'm thinking about it because I saw the trailer the other day, did you see anything on the uh, on that Pennyworth episode that's going to be on Epics, I think? Did, did you see anything? Oh, no, I, no, no, I have not. I mean, I, I was trying to catch as much stuff as I could online with the San Diego Comic-Con. Okay. Um. It's amazing how much Marvel stuff is coming out though over the next few years. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's I just think they have like they have like crazy. seven or eight or nine movies in in, in twenty twenty one coming out. Yeah, you know, but for for me, you know, uh, the silver lining in that is uh, Salma Hayek is going to be featured in one of them. Ooh, the yeah. Internals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So th- for me, that, that that's fantastic. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> as long as she so. dances with a snake, that's all that really matters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, now I definitely have a reason to see the Eternals. Yeah. I had no idea who they were up until I saw Salma Hayek was going to be in that movie. Yeah, same here. Yeah, but uh, really smooth transition here. I wonder if she'll be drinking crush ice. Uh. <laughs> Quinn, what you is know, with that? <laughs> well, okay, so here's how it happened, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm at work today, and it's you know it's not as hot as it's been, but uh, you know, guys got to stay hydrated. It's what you got to do. So take my uh, uh, my wedding gift from uh, Diamond Dave into the break room to fill up the old Yeti with some uh, with some ice, get some ice water, and I see the uh-huh. option on the refrigerator for crushed or cubed, and I just I had a Jerry Seinfeld moment but with more R-rated language. And I just thought to myself, who in the fuck would get crushed ice in their water? It's just <laughs> such an inconvenience. You know, you're trying to drink it. The little cubes are hitting your teeth and your lips, and you can't get a, get a nice, good, solid yep. drink of water. I I don't understand. I don't know why that's an option. Well, you know, Quinn, maybe some people don't have sensitive teeth like you do. That's not the teeth are sensitive. It's like it, it's like it works like an ice shove, and it's like a <laughs> dam, and you can't drink anything. It just all gets caught in the mouth of the no. Yeti. I mean, I realize this, you know, isn't the highest uh, rated topic here of the Bad Medicine podcast, but I, I did think of it and thought I'd bring it up. Well, no, let's ask Mr. Hero. Mr. Hero, are you a cubed guy or a crushed guy? <laughs> I, you know what? Honestly, I think it depends on what drink I'm going to have, you know? Yeah, that's true. I guess if you're having a mixer, you probably want cubed. If you're having a a soda, probably crushed. Ladies and gentlemen, the second best promoter in the Midwest. (laughs) (laughs) And we're asking them crushed ice questions. I I mean, mean, for me, I try to avoid ice as much as possible. I'd rather just drink a cold drink that's already been there. But um, because I have a habit of of chewing on ice, and I don't want to chip my teeth because I've done that in the past. But, yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea why they have crushed ice or... Or cubes, um, you know. My refrigerator has the exact same thing, I'm, and I, I'll be honest, I've never thought about it until right now. See, so, you guys have. <laughs> I can't wait till you go into your kitchen. For for people tonight. <laughs> yeah, just, now, just watch from here on out. You're going to be like, "Damn it! Do I do crushed or cubed?" <laughs> you're going to be like, "Fucking oh yeah, grin. <laughs> yeah, yeah." You know what? I, I mean, I'm actually going to start asking people, "Why do they do crushed over cubed?" And I bet nobody will have an answer because I, no one's ever thought of it. I bet because nobody does crushed. I bet that's why. If you, if you want a slushy, <laughs> that's when you have your crushed. 
It'll take a <laughs> good goddamn long problem, time to fill that cup. The problem, the, the problem with crushed ice, because I have used that option, is that if you put a warm soda in there, for some reason, the crushed ice becomes one big block of ice at times. Yeah. It, it does. Like good point. Yep. That or it all melts, and then you're just left with a watery Dr. Pepper. Nobody likes that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Watery, yeah. drizzling shits. <laughs> like an Andrew match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only doesn't last as long. Exactly, exactly. Well, it's only Battle Royals that you use exclusively. Yeah. They're the best. You can be drunk <laughs> off your ass after eating a Ducks Deluxe. Oh, this uh, guy is not professional at all. I would never book him, ladies and gentlemen. So here's where we swing into the wrestling, Mr. Hero. Um, uh-huh. We've been kind of critical of AEW a little bit, uh, just because for me, it's more psychology reasons, but, uh, well, you expected a lot. I, I had probably a little too high expectations and they haven't been really met, which is totally fine. That's the way they're going to do their product. Uh, but have you been able to kind of catch up on one, two, three of their last episodes? Yeah. What, what's your thoughts on that so far? From what I've seen so far is that they have a pretty I wouldn't say super strong upper card, but they have a strong upper card. But the mid from the mid card down is super weak. You know, they haven't established guys um, as being stars. I mean, of course, they've pushed, you know, uh, the Kenny Omegas, the Cody's, the Dustin's, the, the, the Bucks. Sure. Um, you know, Hangman Page and Jericho, of course. But um, the other talent they have, I don't think that, that's at all TV ready yet. And I think that's a problem that is going to go forward for them is because a lot of those guys are super indie guys, that, they, that, they are, that they're the indie darlings, they get all the buzz, they get all those gifts on Twitter of mm-hmm. cool stuff that they do. But until that they've had time to really put together um, TV matches, which I don't think a lot of them have done, uh, it's, it's going to hinder. And they've only had, I think, what, what now, they've had two... In the last year, this will be their fourth show, Yeah, right? this will be coming, coming up, up on number four, yeah. Okay. I don't, I mean, I know that Cody is a very smart individual and that they have a lot of things in place and they got a billionaire behind them. I'm going to be curious to see. I mean, um, they have to elevate that mid-card because there's a lot of people on there that, you know, they don't know. I mean, uh, Sonny Kiss is getting a lot of buzz. But is he getting the buzz because because of his sexual preference or because he's a hell of a worker? Yeah. You know what I mean? And is anybody so, going to pay to see these guys You know that they haven't had a chance to build up, you know? Yeah, so they have to figure out how they're going to get these guys over. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do. I mean, I'm excited to, to see how their product comes across on live television. I would agree. Uh, you know, be, you know, with the limited because, uh, again, you can't have the young bucks and Cody and Dustin and Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho in every match or every segment. Because um, here, here's what it is: these guys are used to working at a certain rate, 100 miles an hour. Okay, can their bodies sustain that for an entire 52 weeks? And in addition you know? to having those matches, doing work behind the scenes. You know, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, back to that I want them to do well because, you know, I want them to do well because it's good for everybody. Oh, yeah. Look uh, at yes. what it did. Yes. I mean, look at what it did you to know? the guys in WWE. A lot of guys got their, their salaries doubled. Almost tripled. 
just because yep. of that. So, I mean, I, I, I'm all for it and want it to do good. Um, and, I'm just and, and, a bit and pessimistic. For me, I mean, I get to kick other guys that bash WWE. I mean, like John Moxley did it. Uh, Jericho hasn't said much. Even Cody hasn't. But a lot of those guys, if it wasn't for being WWE, they wouldn't have had that nest egg. No, or that he, ability to put money aside or to get a little financially secure. Yeah, to where they could like do John it. Mox, like John Moxley, I mean, I get it. He was um, creatively challenged because he wasn't happy. But, man, you were still getting that check every two weeks. Exactly. And you know it was a good check. And if not you know? for Vince, you'd still be doing death matches with Ian Rotten down in Indiana or something. Yeah. You know, I mean, who knows? Very or, well could you know, be. You know, yeah. always comes back you know? to Fink and Papa Vince. <laughs> well, as yeah. you talked about with the mid-card, you know, their indie darlings, you think that's why a lot of the times when WWE brings them in, they're on, they're on NXT for, you know, an extended period of time just so they can learn how to do televised matches? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, when you go to NXT, it is to get you polished up. It gets you used to walking down that ramp. It gets you used to doing TV matches within three to five minutes. Um, it gets you ready to start cutting promos. I mean, it is a factory to produce television stars. Yep. Now, NXT has not done a great job of that. I mean, if you look, I think they may have brought up 30 to 40 people over the last few years, and not many have uh, translated well to the main audience. And do you think that's because, oh, sorry to cut you off there, answer, but, I uh, rake. you know, thumb to the eye. Thumb to the eye. Do you think that's because the environment that they're working down in NXT, it's a small crowd of anywhere from like seven to 900 people, I think. I could be wrong there, but I think that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And I think the crowd almost gets to a point where they feel as if they're a part of the show and maybe they're inflating guys who otherwise wouldn't get over or, you know, well, yeah, I mean, the, the NXT audience is a niche market, Yeah. okay? Um, it's seven to 900 people, and everyone that is there is a diehard wrestling fan. You'll see a lot of the same somebody, faces, yeah. You know, if, if you're at NXT, it's because you love wrestling. If you go to Raw, you might be there because your buddy at work got some tickets, and you're going to hang out with beers with the guys, you know? So it, it's two different audiences. Absolutely. Is with NXT and Monday Night Raw and even SmackDown. I mean, there's a lot of people that will go to Raw because, oh, I want to go watch pro wrestling. They don't care who it is. So they see somebody coming out for the first time and they don't know and they don't know who they are. They don't recognize them. And if the crowd is quiet, I mean, TV is so influential because the person's debut on TV, if the crowd pops and gets over huge for them, the people at home think, oh, my God, that must be a real star. Yep. yep. And if the crowd is quiet, they're like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't be excited about this person. Yeah, maybe this is just you a know? job guy or something. And <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that always So, I mean, um, um, you know, for me, I consider the Monday Night Raw and SmackDown crowd uh, the Joe Walmart. It's the everyday people. Yep. Um, NXT, it's the, it's the super hardcore smart fans that want to go and see these guys that they've read about online or they've, or they've done tape trading or they've watched their YouTube links and like, oh my God, you know, I want to see this person. And also, if you think about it, everyone that comes up from NXT, with the exception of a few, and, and I mean like a Braun Strowman few, they're all regular-sized guys. Yep, yep. You know, between 185 and 205 pounds. Well, and I so. think, and that's where you see the problem where 
there's so few guys that they can put with Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, the Almighty. You know, it's like, and I and we were talking about this before uh, before we came on the air was that the problem that I have with Seth Rollins in particular is that he's in the ring cutting this, you know, great promo. He's very um, emotional with it, and it's it's doing well. Brock Lesnar's sitting there laughing at him right in his face, not yeah. taking him seriously. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, okay, clearly he's not a threat. Brock doesn't even care. So, well, next, I suppose. But, but in real life, who would be a threat to Brock Lesnar? Yeah, that's true, and and I'm, I'm not saying I mean? Brock should act scared or anything, but he's just laughing in his face. I mean, you know, maybe a guy mm-hmm. like Lashley. I mean, I think we all thought Lashley right. was going to be the guy to go you up against Brock. Almighty. Oh, sorry, the the Almighty. I messed that up. We're we're trying our best to get him a push. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the Almighty of Braun Strowman, you know, and Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I yes. think are the only three guys that could physically go toe to toe with Brock Lesnar. I think they would put on a hell of a match because it, it just yeah. it, it ton does, of money. It does feel a bit forced with uh, you know with Rollins and you know we, we've talked about it before and maybe we'll speak to this a little bit later and, and get your opinion on you know is is Rollins an experiment that maybe it's time to be like you know we we gave it the big push let's maybe let somebody else get a shot because let's be honest this industry has an expiration date and. You know, guys start creeping up around forty, and you want them to go, 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 and be everywhere, be the champ, be the face of the company. That takes a uh, uh, a real toll on your body. And is it time to let somebody else get a shot? Uh, what do you think? You know, I, I don't know because the, the the thing with Seth Rollins is Vince and Hunter. They don't have to worry about him leaving for Hollywood, like John Cena or The Rock. Yeah, you know. So they know he's going to be like Bret Hart. He's always going to be there. And I think they were hoping Seth Rollins would become the Bret Hart. But the problem was, is Seth Rollins has never had any strong heels. His most memorable programs have been with guys that were his buddies, Ambrose and and Roman Reigns. I mean, I, I, I can't think of another program that Seth Rollins was in. No, I mean they where tried I to ever, give him the rub. You know, where he was like, "Oh my God, I want to see this." I mean, I, I like him and AJ. I I think that's great. But I mean, if you think of Seth Rollins, uh, you, you think of him against Hunter. You think of him against Roman Reigns, and you think of him against Dean Ambrose. Yep. No, and, and, and 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 it's like, did he really convincingly beat any of those guys, with the exception of Hunter at WrestleMania in a gimmick match? Yep. You know? Well, with Brock, is I think they always love pushing that David versus Goliath mentality. They always want the littler guy to beat the big, huge behemoth. Well, let's be honest. Brock has his best matches with the, a body frame of like a Seth Rollins. Yeah, where he sells his ass off. Yeah, and, 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 and that's, you know, and everyone can say what they want about Brock Lesnar, but every match I've seen Brock Lesnar in, with the exception of Goldberg at WrestleMania 20, okay? <laughs> he, has al- he has always sold his ass off. Yep. For who, you know, I mean, he will find a way to get that baby face over, and he'll sell for him. Yep, and I, and I think that when Brock won the title at the last, uh, you know, pay-per-view, I, you can't tell me people didn't pop for it because they certainly did. Exactly. You know. Well, and and, and he, here's why I think that is. They took Seth Rollins, who is the Universal Champ, who beat, who was the Beast Slayer. Okay. And now, of course, it's public knowledge that he is dating 
Becky Lynch, which she now goes from, I'm guessing, the Beast Slayer to the Man Eater. I have no idea. <laughs> the Man. And, well, yes. He's, and, let's um, get that on a shirt, Dave. And, and 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 it's just like she runs the show. Yep, we we touched so on like, that. Yeah. I don't want to be like Seth Rollins. Shit, he's take He's now. He's you know in Batman and Robin when they're in the Bat Cycle and there's the sidecar and Robin would sit in the sidecar. <laughs> Seth Rollins is now Robin. Okay. <laughs> Quinn's over here doing jumping jacks right now because oh, yeah. you two are on the same yeah. page. It's like you're but reading like, my script. I mean, if, if, if I'm going to have Seth Rollins, who I want to be my top baby face, to now fight this monster, I want him to come across as being a badass. Yes. I don't want him coming across as now being second fiddle to his girlfriend. I use those exact words. It's just eerie. <laughs> it's, he's going to be know? the badass when, when Brock F5s so, yeah. so, I mean, if... If, if you're watching this at home, if you're Joe Walmart watching this at home, who do you want to be? Exactly. Yeah, I want to sure be Brock. you want to be the guy banging Becky Lynn. <laughs> but, but Brock Lesnar has Sable at home, and he's a badass. Exactly. Well, you know? It's just the new Mark Merrill. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's just like, it's just, I, it I, I just don't get it. I yes. Mean, it's just, I, just, I, I couldn't believe what they did there. It I know. It's amazing. And the thing that I touched on before, uh, speaking of that, was that, you know, unless Rollins and Lynch get married, have kids, and live happily ever after, there's going to be an ugly ending to this, and I'd say there's a 90% chance that there is. So, oh, you know, then absolutely. where are they going to go with that? Is they going to bring Edge back or something? Is he, <laughs> you know, it's like, how's it going to yeah. end? I mean, when was the last time that, that a wrestling couple started on TV and, and, and lasted. It's not, it not, I mean, Macho never. Man I mean, and Elizabeth look at is John close. Mina like and Nikki Bella, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chris and Nancy. Bree and Daniel Bryan is the only ones that are in the modern era that have so far made it. Yeah, I mean, you, you got Macho and Elizabeth, and they were a package, you know, for years and years and years, you know? Right. Ooh, yeah, Chris you know what? Yeah, I, I, I can give that to Miz and Maurice, but you know what? Miz and Maurice better be careful because whenever you wind up on a reality show, that never ends well either. No. I, I, I think reality shows are, what is it, at least 99% end up in divorce? <laughs> yeah, the only one that hasn't was Ozzy, but that took 20 years for them to wind up where they were, and he was so filled up, he had no idea what was going on anyhow. <laughs> He's like, you know? whatever, Sharon, just let me know what I can go yeah. do. Sharon! You know, Dave, since we're still yeah. kind of on the Seth exactly. Rollins, yeah. since we're still on the Seth Rollins topic, uh, it kind of brings up the, the whole, our uh, wrestlers, and it's not just Seth, there's quite a few, like Becky and, and uh, Alexa. Alexa, Alexa Bliss. Yep. Or do you think they're a little too sensitive now today for social media just in general as wrestlers? Or what's your thoughts on that? You know what? The whole world is oversensitive is what it really is. I mean, everyone is reflection. by so much stuff. It's ridiculous. Um, you know, I love social media. It's an awesome tool. Um, I find it funny when fans will purposely tag somebody to talk shit to them because <laughs> you know they would you know they would never say it to their face yeah. no. there's no hey, way Brock, anybody would say thing. anything to their especially wrestling fans they would never say it to Braun Strowman's face to Bobby <laughs> Lashley's face or even the Miz's face they wouldn't do it you know but at the same time um, the talent and people in general they make themselves vulnerable to these comments by what they post on their social media Yeah, you know so, I mean, and, and I was thinking about this today because, you know, I'm looking at all the um, pictures posted from the Raw reunion with everyone, you know, being everyone's best friend. 
Man, back in the 80s, can you imagine if uh, Hulk Hogan and the Iron Sheik would have posted a picture, oh, you know, goodness. about their best friends and yeah, how much they love working with each other? Yep, it you know? never would have happened. And, and, I, and, I, I, and, and for as much as I love it, because it lets everyone, you know, peek behind the curtain and feel like they're part of something, all that stuff is killing the business. Because now you know that they're friends and that they hang out and that they're pals. I mean... Braun Strowman could be the biggest monster heel of all time, but you look at his Instagram, he's the most over baby face in the world. Yep. He's cool, he's shooting guns, he's fishing, he's hanging out with his family. How can you boo that guy? Well, same with Lacey Evans. Now she's uh, promoting projects uh, for the military that they're doing, and it's just like, aren't you supposed to? Yeah, just yeah. a little kayfabe, people. Just yep. a little kayfabe will go a long way yeah. now. Kayfabe is dead. Yep. Well, and I think it's at the point where wrestling fans are watching and following them on social media, not for wrestling, but for their real lives. They want to see what they do when they really interact. They want to see the travel to the arena. They want to see all that. And I think a lot of it started with Tough Enough and, and some of the uh, the diva shows or whatever on E, where the entertainment is the making of the entertainment not the entertainment. And I realize that's very confusing, but it's the wrestling isn't what they're after anymore. They love the peak behind the curtain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I know, I'm sure, you know, back in the eighties, if I would have had access, I would have wanted to know also, but we didn't. Yep. And how much more fun was it to watch? I mean, I'll never forget when the road warriors wound up on wrestling superstars on a Saturday. Oh my God. I had no idea. All of a sudden, boom, they were there. Yep. Nowadays, you know who's coming in a month, two months before it happens, so there's no more surprise. And that has hurt the wrestling business. I mean, in the Monday Night Wars, you had no idea who was going to pop up on Raw or Nitro. No, and that was... So you would always, yeah, so you'd always yep. watch to see what was going to happen next. There's no more a sense of urgency. No, and it, and it really know? does feel like just all one kind of big glop of show you know where and especially since they have raw and super uh, raw and smackdown superstars going on uh you know each show back and forth it, it blurs the line and you you know it's it really well it, it blurs the line between the two shows is what i'm trying to say well, and you I don't mean, get that exclusivity when, when, when they had the battle royal uh, two weeks ago where the winner of the battle royal gets to face brock lesnar at SummerSlam. if you get a chance go back and watch that battle royal and tell me who was actually fighting in that match like they really wanted to get a world title shot at SummerSlam. Yeah. There was no sense of urgency. The only sense of urgency I see on Raw is Drake Maverick chasing <laughs> for that 24-7 title. Yep. It's the only thing that's kind of shit in the show. Yeah. If everyone put that kind of effort into believe, you know, to make the audience believe that they truly want that championship, the shows would be better. No, I, I totally think, you know, that's a really and, and, good point I haven't thought of. And, 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 and just so you know, it's working. You know how it's working? Drake Maverick, okay, formerly known as Rockstar Spud, Bud. <laughs> in TNA, now gets more TV time than Seth Rollins, than Braun Strowman, than Roman Reigns. Yep, he gets about, like, minimum three segments, I believe. Yeah, it's usually throughout, it's because it's throughout the whole show, yeah. you know? Whoever would have thought Drake Maverick would get more time than the three top stars on Monday Night Raw? And you, well, you know I how long Truth was gone. <laughs> that was my draft pick. That was your draft pick. Yeah. But how sustainable do you think that is, though, Dave? Because sooner or later, at the end of the day, it's wrestling, and people want to see yeah. wrestling. I mean, yeah, the Drake well, Maverick, our really, Truth stuff. They really kind of watered fun. it down last night by having 
Patterson and Briscoe and Medusa, everyone, you know, grabbing the belt. Yeah. And I'm like, well, they had something good, and I think they may have ruined it. But, you know, here's the thing. I mean, I love Drake, okay? I consider him one of my boys, and he's fantastic. But here's the brilliant thing about it. First of all, he's highly entertaining, mm-hmm. okay? And, and, and even though he's the heel, you really kind of want to see him win. Yeah. And now you throw in his hot wife, oh, you know, oh. and it's Brilliant. like, well, God, he, now you want him to bang his wife. I want you to consummate that marriage also. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I, I'm waiting for him to be the champion to get rolled up by Dave hero. So that Dave hero becomes a 24 <laughs> seven champion. Yeah. That, no, that probably will never happen. But, I mean, I mean, it's like it's it, it's perfect, you know. And 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 now for Renee, you know, she's been on the Indies for quite a while. You know, she's been wrestling on the Indies. I want to say for at least the last eight years. Her booking fee is through the roof right now for independent. Oh, absolutely! Oh, I can only imagine. You know? Yeah. I mean, she's getting. I mean, you know, I'm so happy for her. She is getting as much as most of the former WWE guys are now getting to wrestle. That's just you incredible. Know. Kind of makes sense, though. She's currently an active uh, member on TV. Yeah, and you're able to get her. on TV every week. And Drake Maverick, if you look at his social media, is the only talent that invests his social media into chasing what he's doing on television. Correct. Yep. I sent Quinn uh, the video of him walking around in his underwear. <laughs> Quinn's <laughs> like, why is he yeah. doing that? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know... Him and I had a conversation, uh, I want to say it was when we were in New York for WrestleMania. And he said, you know what? He goes, I'll just keep eating shit sandwiches until something comes. Well, and you know what? He never once complained about it because he was in TNA. They brought him into WWE. He was the general manager of 205 Live. They paired him up with AOP. AOP gets hurt. Now he's off TV. He legit pissed his pants with the big show. (laughs) It was a hose that went bad. And the spot was he was supposed to hit the gimmick in the pants, look like he pissed himself, and the holes didn't work. He mustered up everything he could to legit shoot piss himself because that's how dedicated he is to what he does. Wow. I uh, challenge well, anybody else to have that kind of dedication <laughs> right now. Exactly. I, that had to have gone back to Vince. On, on live television, he was able to do that, you know? Hey, good like, one, you know, pal. When, when you hear people that say, oh, I've never gotten a chance, I've never gotten a break, Drake Maverick is one of the most undersized guys you're ever going to see in the business. And he never quit trying. Yep. No, I totally agree. He booked agree. his own angle through social media. They had no intention on using him for 24-7 championship, but he went on his social media and promoted it and, done, and, and, and chased after it that way. How can you say no when everyone now sees it? No, that's a uh, yep, very good point. Yeah. Yep, no, absolutely. Yeah. It uh, makes it easy on the writers. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how our truth calls him Hornswoggle. <laughs> no, our, and our truth is fantastic. I mean, bless his heart. He has been, whoever would have thought our truth and Drake Maverick would be the most entertaining thing on Monday Night Raw. I didn't. Just, yeah, uh, I didn't either. I did. <laughs> just the uh, just Andrew over here this, with his top draft pick for our truth. <laughs> All right, Dave. Well, we appreciate your time. I know you got to get hitting the bricks here, so we'll send you home. And we appreciate awesome. your time. Uh, definitely, you we need time. you on again. So, Anytime. 
Awesome. Whatever you guys want. I, I, I love chatting with you guys. It's very therapeutic for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, anytime, sir. You know that. So we appreciate it. And ladies and gentlemen, Stop that is... Oh, I'm sorry. What was that, Dave? Oh, no. Sounds good, guys. Enjoy your evening. All right. We'll All right, talk bud. to you later. Thanks. And ladies and gentlemen, one more time, we got to give it up for Dave Bay with the special call-in because that wasn't planned at all. <laughs> and our guest of the podcast, Mr. Dave Hero, always thank you for those guys for giving us time because we all know their time is precious and they don't need to do it, but they do it to help us out and we appreciate them. And here at the Bad Medicine Podcast, sorry, Dave, but we're a lot like Henry Ford. You can have any guest you want as long as his name is Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I just realized that we're, God, we were loaded with Daves today. You know, triple, <laughs> triple Dave. We've been loaded with Daves for like the last couple of weeks. Well, we had Bay, Hero, Lando, Diamond Dave. Gosh. Jesus. Just can't give it a... Roth will be coming on soon. Very soon. Oh, we'll dude, get that'd DLR. be a six-hour podcast right there. Skibbity-bop! Boop the Speaking of that, guess what time it is? Is it everybody's favorite time of the podcast? Are you saying it's time for our favorite should-be sponsors of the Bad Medicine Podcast? Absolutely. Well, guys, I wasn't sure how to bring this up, but uh, I've got some... I'm afraid I've got some bad news for you. <laughs> By the way, check out his movies on Netflix. Um, no, the bad news is, fellas, I was talking to the lawyer, and, um, well, well, you know our lawyer. It's it's the one you recommended, the one who helped out with Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's our, with our, our lawyer. 14. Uh, Ira Nussbaum, ladies and gentlemen. If you need a lawyer in the Fox Valley, you call Ira Nussbaum. Now, I know you wanted me to use Armani's lawyer, uh, the lawyers of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe, but they're really wrapped up in a big lawsuit about toothbrushes, so I had to go with Ira. Now, the bad brushes. news is, folks, we have uh, here at the Bad Medicine Podcast, I've been told by our lawyer it's not advised to say should be sponsors. We're supposed to be saying friends of the podcast. We're going to work on it. I think by maybe next podcast, I can get it back. But for this one, we have to say friends of the podcast, according to our lawyer, Ira. So let's roll right into it, shall we? A huge thank you to JR's Barbecue Sauce. If you want the best barbecue sauce for your pork, beef, chicken, whatever it might be, go see JR's Barbecue Sauce, available at where, Andrew? jrsbarbecue.com and prowrestlingtees.com Seamless, you are the man. Also want to give a big shout out to ODB's barbecue sauce and her fantastic food truck that she has in the Minneapolis area. Uh, I bumped into her at the Rockfest in Kadat this weekend amongst the humanity and she was a bright shining star in a sea of terrible food. Hers was absolutely the best hands down. Also, speaking of the, oh, available at odbbam.com. As well as also prowrestlingtees.com. You are just on it today. Also, if you're in the Minneapolis area and you think you have what it takes to be a pro wrestler, huh, not likely. But if you want to give it a shot anyways, check out the Academy of the Academy School of Pro Wrestling. It's a lot like Ohio State. It's the Academy School of Pro Wrestling in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Brought to you by the one and only Mr. Anderson. 
does it so much better, folks. If you want to see it in person, go ahead and see if you have what it takes to be a pro wrestler. And if you are going to become a pro wrestler, well, that means you're going to make a shitload of money, kid. And there's only one man I trust with my money, and that's Ian Gager of Northwestern Mutual Life. Don't be a broke son of a bitch like Adrian Peterson and default on a $5.2 million loan. Get your shit straight, see Ian, so you don't have to work the rest of your life. Retirement is beautiful. That's all I got for this week, guys. That it was so good, but uh, I see Andrew has a uh, contraption that's known as a shovel. Yeah, that's right. You know, as much as we have friends of the podcast, I wanted to make an enemy. I wanted to bury someone. Oh boy, here we go, folks. So I was hungry the other week and decided to get a burger from Johnny Shit Rockets and out of Oshkosh. Wisconsin. Is and it actually called Johnny Shit Rockets? It should or is that be. what happens after you eat it? it both, because that is exactly what they gave me. It was straight up shit. It this, was still mooing. This burger, <laughs> it still had grass digesting in some of the meat. It was Gross. so undercooked. I just want to shit all over Johnny Rockets, and if you even think about eating there, don't. It is the worst shit I've ever seen in my life. Hey, undercooked. where do you not want us to go? Johnny Rockets. That's J-O-H-N-Y-R-O-C-K-E-T-S of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I forget the zip code. Hey, you know what? My headphones are a little little off. I didn't hear the name. Could you say the name one more time? Johnny Rockets. It's straight up shit garbage food. Don't Never eat purchase. There. Don't oh. eat there, folks. Unless you want to shit out your last 10 meals for the last week <laughs> in the next 20 minutes because you're eating severely <laughs> undercooked meat. You know what amazes me about the podcast is we really save the, the profanity for the end. Whether it's Dave going off on sidewalks or you going off on Johnny Shit Rockets, it's always oh, amazing to me. Also, fuck roundabouts. Learn how to drive. Dude, I'm not kidding about the sidewalks. I, again... People choose to run in the road. I don't know why the fuck we have sidewalks. Seriously, fucking get rid of them. That's you why know, we got rid of them around the fucking podcast studios. You know, on the way here, I was in the Raptor, and you know how it sits real high up, and it's kind of hard to see? But I was, uh, I was at a stoplight, and I see one car in front of me. There's somebody on a bike in the car lane. And I'm saying, what are you doing? You're going to go like 10 miles an hour. I got a 600 horsepower beast here, and I got to sit here and you know just dab the throttle because you think you're equal to a car. Folks, if you ride a bike, work harder at your job so you can have more money and buy a car and not have to be a loser with an L. I was behind you on the Riker, and that's why you were going so slow. Yeah, it's, I'm surprised you didn't drive underneath me with that thing. I'm surprised it wasn't somebody. It was probably somebody running right next to the biker in the middle of the road, too. So, <laughs> By the way, big shout-out to Can-Am on and off-road for finally getting Andrew on, well, it's not two wheels, but it's three. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I got him to purchase his very first Can-Am Riker. He went with the 900 high output, and I think he loves every minute of it. He doesn't have to shift. He doesn't have to balance. He could probably do it with a couple liquor drinks in him, so I think it's perfect. That's what I have in the cup holders. Beautiful. By the way, fuck Johnny Rockets. Where, who? Johnny Rockets. Who? Johnny Rockets. Who? <laughs> Don't ever eat Johnny I'm sorry. Rockets. I'm doing the stupid New Day thing. You are. What? <laughs> <laughs> in, me- 
in memory of Steve Austin on Monday Night Raw, the last what? time it was good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies ah. and gentlemen, that is one very impactful show today we had. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Thank you again to Dave Bay, Dave Hero, as always. Quinn, why don't you, or Andrew, why don't you take us home? You're, you've been on fire. I always do it. So once again, thank you, Appleton Oak, man of 1,013 poses. I heard he just made up 13 more. He, did, Dur- he found a way to do a triple bicep pump. Oh, during, that should have been on a breaking news segment. During, breaking news, Dave Bay, this, 13 new poses. During this p- podcast, in fact, is when he did it. Also, Diamond Dave Damone, Mason Quinn, The Answer. Thank you again for listening. Good night.